I was born in Fredericton, 1976. Do you remember that day? Yes, you were born in the afternoon. You were different than all my other babies. I slept in. <laughs> Are you <laughs> surprised? <laughs> Anytime. Birchwood Podcast is brought to you by Spoodcast and Boys Club. Hey, what's up, weirdos? It's Mark Splood, and I am the host of the Spoodcast. But you know, you should probably know that already, shouldn't you? You don't know what I'm talking about, right? Everyone listens to my show. What's the point of even doing a commercial? Well, listen, just in case there's one poor bastard out there who doesn't know about it, it's the best damn podcast in the world, and you can find it every Thursday on iTunes or Podbean or wherever you get your shit. Get my shit. It's called the Spludcast. Check it out. Download it. Sit down on your ass crack of the Fire up your favorite sativa and driver right the fuck into you. Boys Club. Is it called Boys Club because my apartment looks like a boy lives in it? I wouldn't say a boy lives in it. I would say a boy is kidnapped somewhere in here. Boys Club. We're everything. We're true crime. We're, we're world true. star hip hop. World star hip hop. We're Netflix reviews. Stories of the day. Boys Club. Listen. Yeah, do it. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Uh, I think. Uh, no, we're not. And on Google Play. Nobody gives a shit. Boys Club. Boys Club podcast. Now with 90% more sound clips of black people. Boys Club. Touch me, and I'll sue. And now for a list of activities you can do while listening to Birchwood Podcast. Doing dishes, walking the dog, repetitive tasks at work, when someone you hate enters the room, when someone you love becomes someone you hate, while you travel, while you poop, the long commute, the bike ride, to avoid awkward conversations on the bus, to avoid awkward conversations on planes or trains, listen to Shane. Stick me in your ears, stick me in your pocket. Every Friday for your listening pleasure, it's Birchwood Podcast. April 3rd, I'm in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada at Beerleys, April 4th through 6th. Also in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, I'm going to be at the Yuck Yucks Comedy Club. April 20th, I'm in St. John, New Brunswick at Chuckles Comedy Club. May 10th, I'm at the uh, Cannabacasis Legion doing a fundraiser there. And Ross A. New Brunswick, the best in New Brunswick comedy tour. Also for the best in New Brunswick comedy tour, Fredericton, New Brunswick, Canada, June 7th. You can check out all my dates uh, at Shane Ogden Comedian on Facebook. Funny Shane Ogden on Twitter or Comedian Shane Ogden on Instagram. You can also search up Best in New Brunswick Comedy Tour on the Facebook. Now on with the shoe.
it's been an education, stand-up comedy, and now podcasting, you know. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this going, oh, this is terrible. This is shit. And uh, all I got to say to you, man, is hit that subscribe button. Because I'm doing this. I'm doing this whether it's good, bad, ugly. If this is just a sad online diary with one listener, uh, God bless you for listening, man. I'm doing this just for you, Stephen. Let's call my one listener Stephen. Hey, Stephen. Thanks for listening. Shout out to Stephen. Stephen thinks I'm funny. Stephen thinks I'm cool. And uh, I guess all you people that aren't listening, um, you know, can go uh, suck a big fat dick. (laughs) Well, why not? You're not listening anyway, so you wouldn't have heard that, so you can't be mad. That's how my mind works. Constantly working to sabotage myself. Uh, No, but in all honesty, man, um, all petty shit aside, all the things, uh, all the negative energy aside, I've got some things to look forward to, man. There's a chicken in the fridge. I cooked a chicken. My vegetarian girlfriend got a deal on meat. I don't even know where she got this chicken. I'm eating rogue chicken with my son and daughter tonight. We don't know where it came from, but I was up till 11 fucking 30 cooking that bitch. Last night, I put the salt and pepper, little butter rub on there. Ooh, baby. I even made gravy for the first time. It is fucking terrible. I'm going to throw it in the garbage. Uh, The gravy. The chicken's probably fine. I've cooked chicken before. Now, I cooked this gravy, man. I I took the the droppings, the drippings, is that what you call it? It cooks in its own juices. Because you put a little water in the bottom of a pan when you're cooking chicken, right? And now all the juices, all of the uh, chicken giblets get the nice broth going. And then what you do is you uh, add some Robin Hood flour to that bitch and you mix that up. I don't know why I'm swearing so much. And this is the episode with my mother on it, so I better clean my act up. Um, Yeah, so I I whisked some Robin Hood flour into the um, drippings, into the chicken drippings. And... uh, I made it way too thick, man. And I I put some salt and pepper in there. Kind of made it taste a little better, but I just gotta I just gotta calm the fuck down. I don't know why, what am I doing making gravy at 11:30 at night? Like fuck, my kids don't even like gravy, and I'm like maybe I'll put some gravy on mashed potatoes. There's a little bit of mashed potatoes left over, but probably not enough for three of us. But don't worry, I got the cauliflower and the carrots to supplement the potato intake. Woo! Yeah, man, it's going to be a lot of fun um, just going through life. Uh, Man, god damn, I'm so excited to go to Halifax, Nova Scotia to entertain the Blue Nosers. Um, All of the people in Halifax, there's a a married couple that saw me there 10 years ago and they're coming. They're going to see me and they're going to go, wow, he's a lot fatter. And hopefully they'll think I'm just as funny. But, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the Guthiers, I think that's their name. Anyway, I call them Snaff. Because, uh, she got a little intoxicated there. Her and her hubby came to the show. She got a little intoxicated. And, um, 
she said snaff and I said snaff she was trying to say something else but the wine made her say snaff so now I call her snaff and and anyway her and her husband are coming and uh, they got a lovely child and a lovely family I follow them on Facebook you know I do that I follow certain people on Facebook and then other people I don't follow and more and more I get irritated with people in the world and I'll just fucking unfollow you you're not my friend not even close Oh, what's that? A new shelf that you built? Unfollow. Oh, uh, your cousin's getting married and you wanted to show me every goddamn picture in the whole album? Unfollow. You know? I just unfollow people like mad. It's so great. Oh, man. I'm like a gunner with a turret in the tall grass in Vietnam. I'm just cutting them down. Unfollow. Unlike. Un unsubscribe. He's just the coolest dog in the world, man. I'm definitely going to get a tattoo of Taz. Maybe on my leg or my arm. And I don't even have a tattoo. But I just want one of this dog because I love him so much. Anyway, um, he's got an ear infection. He is shaking his ear. And uh, I've been... Uh, I didn't know what to do, man. I couldn't get him into the vet for a couple of days. So I looked it up online and uh, I googled it. Did some googling. I did some light googling. And I found a nice home remedy is um, for dog's ear infections. If it's not red, look in the dog's ear. If it's not red, um, then what you can do is you can take apple cider vinegar and distilled water. And you mix those items 50-50. And uh, you got to dilute the apple cider vinegar, right? It's a little harsh if you don't calm it down with some distilled water. And... Um, Anyway, got a syringe, and uh, I, I squirted that in his ear, and, and then took him to the vet. Now my girlfriend very upset with me. She was like, "Don't, don't Google. Why are you Googling? He's going to the vet. What are you doing?" And I said, "Calm down, woman." And then she punched me in the face. No, um, but I, I said, "Well, look, you know, he was in, he was in pain. I'm trying to help." And, and then he was still shaking his ear, and I wasn't sure if I helped. And I thought maybe I made it worse. I was all panicked. She was angry. So she got him into the vet. We took him into um, the canine animal hospital. And um, that's the actual name of it. Canon? Canane? I think it's canine. Um, or they're going for that with their name. I'm not exactly sure. It doesn't matter. Why the fuck am I rambling? I took him to the vet, okay? I put him up on the stainless steel table and I, ha I held him in my arms. And he was shaking and I was nervous and, and he was nervous and... Uh, the vet came in and, uh, in my opinion, was a little rough with them. You know, they say on the internet, never put a Q-tip in the dog's ears. She just, you know, just grabbed his head and, like, stuck this long wooden Q-tip down his uh, canal, his ear canal, and um, cleaned a bunch of what I later found out was yeast. The vet said, man, that whatever you did was awesome because it killed all the yeast in the... the she peeled out a bunch of stuff from the infection and um, the vet was very impressed so I texted my girlfriend uh, I guess I'm uh, a medical professional here I, I've, uh, I'm basically a veterinarian is what I told her because uh, the apple cider vinegar and distilled water uh, helped his ear infection and uh, now we got the proper drops that are a little more gentle and he's going to be okay and I am a vet.
Welcome to Birchwood Podcast, Friday, March 29th, 2019. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know you've got your things to do today, and you made my thing one of your things that you're doing today. So thank you. And I hope you keep doing all your things and do the thing that is my thing. Right. So welcome, all of my listeners. Welcome to my listeners in the United States. I've even got some people in the United States listening. I don't know what states because the recording uh, platform that I've signed up for doesn't specify. So if you could email me and let me know where you're listening from. And on that note, I'm very excited to announce I have my first piece of listener mail. Here it goes. Dear Shane, I've always wanted to be a comedian, but I don't know if I could stand in front of an audience, but I can do karaoke. Well, then you've already stood in front of an audience. I've never written any jokes. I just know some. Thanks, Andrew. A lot to unpack here. First of all, Andrew, you must write your own jokes. That is the cardinal rule of comedy. If there is a rule in comedy, that's the only one, really. And stick to your time. So it's, it's more about respect, right? Somebody has written those jokes. You're just taking them and rereading them. It's not fair. Respect the architect. Somebody has written those jokes. It's a very hard thing to do. And you'll know that when you start writing your own jokes. And that is one of the rules in comedy that is almost universal. There are some assholes out there. And those people are called hacks. And they're thieves. And they steal material and its intellectual property does not write. Granted, it's not policed very well. I think people should have their faces bashed right off for doing it. And no no fault of your own. If you don't know, you're walking into comedy for the very first time. No offense. None taken. Don't worry about it. It's just, it's that serious because when you build up your own act and somebody steals from you, and it's happened to me, one of my jokes turned into a meme and I was outraged, and they didn't credit me, and it was, uh, you know, it was very specific, it was too close to be parallel thought. So I've been ripped off before, and it really sucks, because great jokes are hard to come by, and when you've got a good idea, and people laugh at it, and enjoy it, and then somebody takes that away from you, oof, it's the worst kind of feeling in the world. So please don't uh, use jokes that already exist, write your own. And even if they're terrible, you have to keep trying and honing and practicing. And generally when I write new material, I try it out three times in three different ways. And if it doesn't stick by the third or fourth time, I usually throw it to the side. I don't throw it away. I keep it because some, something told me that something in that bit was funny. So I'll hold on to it forever, but I won't. I maybe perform it two, three times. By the fourth time, if it hasn't worked, I'm I'm going to pretty much put it aside. And then what I'll do is later on, I'll see maybe there's something else that I'll do that will match the original idea and it'll become a whole new bit 
and absolutely do do really well. So keep that in mind. It, comedy has a lot to do with uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, trial and error, and editing and repeating the process over and over again. Never trying the same thing twice and expecting a different result. Did I say that right? I hope I did. Anyway, be original. Even if it kills you at first, you'll get there. You'll you'll become your own unique thing. And that's very important in comedy. I've always wanted to be a comedian. Well, then be a comedian. Jerry Seinfeld said it's one of the few jobs that you can just walk in, try it for the very first time, and you have the title. You have the title right away. Now, there are good comedians and bad comedians, and unless you're a prodigy, you'll probably be a bad comedian. I was a bad comedian for five years. I made a lot of people's ears bleed in, in Alberta, and I'm sorry to the province of Alberta that I started in your province, and it, you didn't deserve that. I've become a much better comedian. When I come back, I'll make it up to you. I promise. Land of oil and honey? I uh, What else does it say here? You know, I don't know if I could stand in front of an audience, but I can do karaoke. Well, then, you know, you've stood in front of an audience already and you can do it. Anybody can do stand up comedy. I firmly believe that it's the people who are too afraid to try again. You get back on the horse after you eat shit and then you're a real comedian, even if you don't do well. You'll eventually do well. There are people who just can never get it. And that does happen, but it's rare. As long as you keep trying and keep trying new stuff, don't don't keep trying the same thing over and over again. Um, so always be willing to try new things. Always be willing to expand your way of thinking and change up your style of writing and, and keep pushing. If it's really important to you, you're going to do it anyway, Andrew. There's no... This is kind of silly me telling you this, but, uh, this is all how it happens. You have, everybody has this story in comedy. They were thinking of their friends told them they were funny. They thought they could, it was a dream they had and they walk on stage and they do it and you, you could do it. I have no doubt in my mind, Andrew, you could totally do this. And if you suck the first time, try it again. If you suck the second time, try it again. If you suck the third time, try it again. If you suck the fourth time, Try it again. If you suck the fifth time, try it again. If it's your dream, you can make it happen. But if you try it 17 times and you still suck, you'll never make it. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. Keep trying, Andrew. And uh, and get in touch with people in your community that have open mics. There'll be somebody that's at your skill level. You'll make buddies. You'll You'll run jokes by each other. It's a whole thing. It's really, really fun. And I've been doing it for years and I love it. So good luck, Andrew. Uh, if you do karaoke, maybe you could uh, do a bit about how terrible karaoke is or your experience, how wonderful it is or whatever. See, there's lots of things to write about. You don't need to use other people's jokes. Thank you, Andrew, for writing in. And if you want to write in, and please do, I love this, birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. At least just drop me a line and let me know where you're listening from. Where are you in the world Waldos, and I'll put a little pin in my map, and I'll think about you every time you write me. So, birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. Email me your questions, concerns, comments, problems. I'll solve them all. I'm very good at giving out advice, not very good at taking my own advice. Or if you've got any advice for me, I'd love to hear it. 
Okay, so this is the podcast I've called Mother's Day. And I called it that because I interview my mother. My mother's name is Pat Boone. Not the singer. The lady that birthed me. Her name's Pat Boone. She was Patricia Patterson years ago. She got married to my birth father. Became Patricia Ogden. Then my father died. And then she got remarried to my stepfather and became Pat Boone. And Pat Boone is an interesting lady. She has, um, first of all, she's 79. How can you not be interesting when you've lived on the planet Earth for 79 fucking years? I don't know why I swore there. I hope my mother's not listening to this. It's probably the only one she'll listen to. And she heard me say the F word, so I'm probably in a lot of trouble. I wonder if she still has the soap to rinse my mouth out with. She's 79. How can you live 79 years and not be interesting? Well, for one thing, uh, she was president of the New Brunswick chapter of the Hells Angels. No, I'm just kidding. The Women's Institute. Very different organizations. She has traveled around the world, and she talks about that. And she is my mother, and she talks about that. And it's sad in a way that it took a podcast to sit down with her for an hour and talk to her. However, it was probably more like an hour and a half of straight conversation, which I've never had with my mom. And it was very satisfying. She was really cool. She treated me like an equal, which you don't really think about. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm 42. It's not like she's going to go, oh, baby, do, do, do. You know, like I, I, I just felt weird that I was talking to my mother uh, as a peer, you know, as an equal, kind of, you know. And it's it's good if I, if I did this podcast, and and it never went anywhere, and all that happened, that for good from it came was talking to my mother for an hour. That would be uh, worth it, because my mom is an interesting lady, and I love talking to her. And that's what this podcast is all about. There's some uh, moments that are funny. Uh, they have two Boston Terriers. And when those dogs get walking around, you can hear the little click-clack of their paws on the linoleum. And they're drinking and snorting. And at one point, my dad starts taking his pills. And there's a bunch of rattling close to the mic. And it's just... They're 70... They're, they're, they're old. They're old. They're old people. And they don't know about quiet on the set. And I wasn't about to tell them that we needed absolute silence in the production of this podcast. Uh, I was just in the kit kitchen of my mother's house, and, uh, you know, my mom and I have always had a strained relationship, and it's because of how she was raised. Her father was not always kind, and uh, she doesn't hug me unless I hug her. She doesn't say she loves me unless I say I love her first, but I know that she loves me, and I know that she struggles a little bit with affection, and it is all to do with how her father uh, raised her. Um, so she's, you know, talks about her mother very fondly because her mother and her grandmother were her, um, anchors growing up. And there's some emotional moments in this podcast to be sure. One of the things we talk about is the day my father died and it gets very emotional, but it was necessary. It was necessary to come to this point to get to know my mother and to get to know myself and to hear things that absolutely blew my mind. 
I had no idea, but man, I'm telling you, sit down and talk to your parents. Really listen to what they have to say, because you're not going to get another chance. Life is very short. Make the time. I'm glad I did, and I'm glad that you're here listening to this podcast. Welcome to episode four of Birchwood Mother's Day. Told you, Miss Carter. Here we are. Mama made it. No how I do it. Like the doc do it. I fly through it. That's how I operate it. Mama made it. Ghetto like the grease when you get your hair braided. Sweeter than your sister Kool-Aid is. Hooray. It's the underdog. Now my feet under desk. I'm the president you favor. Can't believe I got away with my earliest stages. To being on stages. Having my way with the world. Congratulations. Your baby boy's a made man. I'm a whole of fam. Family three generations. I'm talking with spaceships are around in your great. Great grands reminiscing about the foundation you gave. From him, my relationship with my pops, boy, pass. All I ask is you raise your glass in this celebration. Toast to the most beautiful girl in the world, my inspiration. Thanks for the information. Mama, I made it. Mama, I made it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a surprise. No, you were no surprise. No? No. You knew I, you were going to have me. Oh, yes, I, I had taken fertility drugs. What? So that, yes. See, this is why I'm doing this, because I had no idea that I, I needed some fertilizer. Yeah, you did. You fucking knew, didn't you, Dad? <laughs> you knew I needed some... You knew I grew in a pile of shit, didn't well, you? That's, that's what that's, fertilizer is, yeah, isn't it? that's right. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> we had been trying to have... Fertility a, drugs. ...a baby, but... See, where your father uh, was uh, in the accident and hospitalized and all do? that, we yeah. couldn't afford to have a child until that time. What do you do? What? So that was the delay. Was, that was what the delay. And that, I suppose I had got what older, and so hmm. I didn't have the... Wow. You know, the... Look, you're blowing my mind here. I, to, to have a baby. I didn't so. know all that. Oh, I was, there's so many things we never quite a, talked quite about. A, what? Quite a few years before they got me ironed out so that I could have a baby. Yeah. So, let's go and, and briefly touch on the accident. And I don't want to go right into it because I know that was a re- really, really hard time for you. You're, you were a lucky little fellow because you had three mothers. You had two older sisters and your own mother. Oh, Didn't yes, they? they loved you because, you know, a little baby, you can imagine. And that... Because they were teenagers by then. Oh, yes. No? No, well, I was in the hospital beforehand because I'd had a few complications, so I was in there a couple of days. Oh, Um, I was trouble right from the start. (laughs) Well, you were colicky, too, which didn't help. Oh, Jesus. Anyways, (laughs) and every, I can remember that every night uh, when you were home, there was a thunderstorm, and I'd just get you to sleep. And then the thunder would lightning would the wake thunder you up. Rolls. It it was a it was a horrible summer to have for you, you know, because you you're try. I suppose you had a pain in your belly, likely, and I work would work with you, and then the next thing, I'd get you to sleep, and then the would, thunder would wake within me within an hour. The thunder would wake you up again. So, so you didn't. It wasn't an easy summer. You didn't sleep till I was fourteen. Fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, 
It was a hard start for you, but it wasn't. Well, too it sounded bad for like me. it was a. Hard, it wasn't too bad for no, you. No, no. But uh, I never forget it when I was in in the hospital before you were born. In the at night there was a nurse, and I don't know. You would have thought she was a garage keeper or something, because she had a, a set of, sets of keys on her, and when they turned the lights out in the halls and everything. And there'd just be a dim light, and she'd be going up and down this hall, and she'd wake everybody up with these keys rattling. It was the funniest thing. Jeez. I didn't know if I was in a hospital sure you or jail. In jail. <laughs> that was, a key. was I born in a jail, Mom? Is that what you're telling me? I'm not sure, but anyway, you, you made it, so that's the main thing. I'm, I made it. Years. <laughs> yes, sir. That's quite a thing when you think about it. You see this kid, and then 35 years go by. A blatant kid, so I kept my distance. <laughs> Give him a chance to grow up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Before you played with him again. Yeah. <laughs> we got married in 1984, right? This is cool. So how did you meet him? Because I, I, I kind of know the story, but I want to hear it from you. He came to buy you. a tractor. <laughs> he came to buy my dad's tractor. Yes. And he stayed. He can't. He didn't stay, but he... I don't know what year we started going out. He took me to a concert in Fredericton. A rap concert? Yeah. No. <laughs> Country. Country concert. Yeah. So then you said, I got to I gotta be with this guy. No, I didn't. Not really. No. She I, was all over me, just like a dirty shirt. No, she was not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was not. But you guys knew each other when you were kids, too, yes. right? Yes. What do you remember about that time? Uh, the only time that I can remember is I went. I was a little older than Dad, so I went down uh, looking for somebody to play with. And this is when we were just really young. And anyway, we were having a good time together, and his mother invited me to go in and visit with him. Grace. With him Grace. And uh, anyway, Jimmy. he hurt He hurt himself. You fell, didn't you? Well, You're in the so. bathroom. Anyway, he had, he had, had a, an accident, uh, hurt himself, and he started screaming and I left. <laughs> well, you and weren't I very supportive of no, your future husband. All. No, I wasn't at all. That's right. <laughs> and that's all I remember. Of, it, uh, know, of being his friend. Yeah, yeah. We always knew one another. Yeah. You know, we knew who one another was, but we weren't back and forth visiting or anything like that. No. And then you you had how many separate years before you seen him again, really? A lot. Well, I saw, I mean, you I saw, saw him in but passing, but, but how many years would that be? You were about, what, four years old? I couldn't tell you. Three or four? And so... Didn't get together again until no. 84, 82. Yeah. 82, 83, whatever it was. 83, I guess. Walk on the Heartland Bridge. Yeah, I remember oh walking the Heartland day. Bridge. <laughs> I was so scared. Well, Heartland Bridge is the... 
world's largest lo- uh, longest, covered bridge, longest covered bridge in the world, in the world. and yeah. it's in Heartland, New Brunswick, Canada. Yeah. And I wa- I was brave. I thought I was brave, and I said, "Can I get out and walk across that?" And then what happened? Well, you just got going. Was it, who's was it in my? And then you get scared. And you come back. And then was it me that all the change went on the, or was it out of your pocket? No, it was out of your purse. You upset yeah. your purse. Yeah. <laughs> No, the change went everywhere. But didn't I double back and go to back to the beginning and you had already crossed and then come back? No. no. You stayed right there? Yeah, I stayed right there and, and you were going to go across and you just went a, a short ways and you seen the water up there and you said, fuck this, I'm coming back. I was because I could see the water under were, my feet. The, the boards were... We were afraid that, you, that you'd get run over, so that's why we were hurrying to get you. And I knocked over your purse and change went no, everywhere. No, I just, I think I was getting out of the truck likely. And oh, I don't know what happened. I'm not sure, but <laughs> it was quite interesting. It we were picking up the contents <laughs> of my purse and getting you. And it yeah, was quite interesting. It was a time. scary time, but that was uh, our Sunday drives. Yeah. It was at pretty well every Sunday, yeah. wasn't it? Well, and Dad I, was working. Oh, I just hated it at the time, the drives. But... Now looking back, it's some of my fondest memories being well, in St. Andrews with you, and we'd go to a restaurant, and you know we took you all kinds of places so you could see Campobello Island. Yeah, went there. Dad pissed off the end of a cliff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go. You gotta go. Right. No, it's really, really educational. We still go for drives. Um, Sometimes dad sometimes dad would sometimes dad would say I wonder where this road goes and just yeah. we would go down that road. Yeah. It was really interesting. It was. Now now uh, since he worked on the wharves um, if we go out for a drive and we're anywhere near where these different places that he's worked we go and he goes and investigates the the wharves and if I remember I'll take knitting or a book and I'll uh, either knit or read my book while he looks all the all the pieces of the wharf over to see if Charlie might have been there working. You know, he still does those wharves. So. Yeah. Anyway, and he's constantly in touch with Charlie. You can tell when he's worked on a wharf. Well, quite often. Yeah. If there's new work done. Yeah. But you don't always know if it was him or not. No. But you can pretty well tell from from the stuff that they use. Yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, it's quite funny. Uh, he uh, certainly. Did I drive you nuts one time on a Sunday drive with the Ghostbusters theme song? I don't, I don't remember. Know. You don't? Do you remember me watching the movie Ghostbusters over and over again? Yeah. <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> I remember her being stuck in the mud, but I didn't know that Dad rescued her one time. It's when she, she was had help. she had one leg, didn't she? And she needed help. She was she, stuck in the mud. She lost one leg and and eventually two legs to diabetes. Right? Yes, that's what she was. I just great, pushed her out of the she, mud. She was a great gardener. She really was a wonderful gardener. One of my pride, one of the things I was most proud of growing up was counting all her plants. 
<laughs> and I said there was around 2,000, but I probably lost count in the middle somewhere. But I know there was thousands. And that included seedlings, outdoor plants, indoor plants. She had tomatoes. Her, her big thing was African violets, and she could grow them like 60. And anyway, she... Uh, there was an article in the paper, the newspaper, about her. Yeah. And it was a fantastic write-up about her with her picture. Talk about this house. So when did you come to be in this house? When I was born. Okay, so you... 1940? Yeah. You, you were here? Yeah. And your mother and father lived here? Yes, yeah, so and my grandmother, too. And your grandmother? Yes. I don't remember much about you talking about your grandmother. She was a fantastic lady. What was her name? Hattie. Hattie Patterson? No, Finley. Finley. Because there was Finleys and Pattersons. Yes. Hattie Finley was your grandmother. Yes. And you I'm... you just told me that she was like a really special lady in your life. So yes. what was what was that like? What was that like being her granddaughter? It was great. She was just like a second mother to me, yeah. So you had a mother, and with my grandmother Bertha. Yes. And she used to bake me cookies and treat me really special. Yeah. And that was your mother. Yeah. And she meant a lot to you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so that was all in this house, 1940. Right. And then what year did you leave this house? 1959. 59. Yeah. What do you remember about that year? I got married that year and I moved to Hoyt. Oh, you got married to Dad in 59? Yeah. Wow. And that was Donnie? Yes. Donnie Ogden. Yeah. How did you meet him? Through Fern Ogden, who was my friend. So was just her first cousin. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many scrapbooks I have. I have a, a number of them. And... The things that I put in the scrapbooks are records of things that may be important down the road to the community in general, you know, to the to everybody, not just, you know. It may have an effect on, for instance, in law or, or how you keep your house or communities or the, even the world. And anything that I think would be have value down the road, I cut out of newspapers uh, or, uh, or wherever I can find the magazines or or anywhere. And there are some of one, two, three. There's five there of recent ones that I have finished, and they're all in plastic, and uh, it's. The number of hours that I've uh, done that, it's, it's really uh, a fantastic thing to go through them. And if you look in one of those books, you'll see that not only are, the, are the, this type of article, but there are cartoons and puzzles and things that, you know, you would think, well, why would anybody keep them? If you you know, sit down and take one of those books and go through it. Even though they didn't happen that long ago, the these things uh, that happen now or a while ago, 
you look at it and say, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize, I forgot about that happening, you know. I remember a special time after Dad passed when you took me to karate and swimming and we hooked up with this autistic kid, Michael Jackson. Do you remember is, Michael is that Jackson? His name? Yeah. I couldn't Oh, you didn't forget that name in the 1980s. This is my friend Michael Jackson. Oh, yes, but there was... And we went to a circus... And we both got but these... But that wasn't Michael Jackson that went to the service. It wasn't? Circus, no. no. Who was that? What Bordage. was that? Bordage. The kid's was name was... Name? I can't remember. Well, anyway, he was Bordage. And you got to ride on a, an elephant. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. There's very special times when it was just you and I before Dad come along. That was through the, the Seabells. Uh, we supported people with autistic children. And uh, that's one thing we did with one of the children, was well, take let, this child to the circus. Let and me, you went with me. Let me tell you something about autistic children when you're a kid. I didn't see him any differently. No. But when I did notice a difference was, you bought us each one. Have you ever seen these? Maybe you don't remember, but there used to be these wind-up toy guns. And you pushed a little gun trigger, and sparks would fly inside the gun. Like it was a plastic gun, but yeah. sparks would come out. Yeah. Do you remember them? Yeah. And mine broke, and I started to cry. And the autistic kid became so fascinated with the broken one because the sparks would fly out that you gave him the one with the broken part, and he loved it, and I got the brand new one. Yes, but wait till I tell you. This blew my mind. That boy, maybe you don't remember this, Probably but not. he took that broken one apart and fixed it within seconds. And I never, to this day, have got over it. He might have had problems, but he was very highly intelligent. Yeah. They and say that, that some are, when they only have two or three channels in their brain, they get focused. And they get really, really sharp at one or two or three skills. And maybe his one of his um, gifts was being able to put things back together. Mm. Michael Jackson, he was Jarella's boy. Yes. But what, he wasn't autistic? No. See, that's how memories get now muddled, his right? Sister, his sister, the, what was wrong with her? He had a sister that there was something was wrong with. she crippled her? Yeah, something. Uh, uh, I forget what was wrong. But anyway, the sister was. And I think she's in care somewhere now. Her mother used to work with your mother. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm so glad we talked because... And I got this recorded because there's so many things that I ask you and you tell me over the years and I forget. Yeah, well, everybody does because your brain is so full of everything that there's things that get pushed to the back or something. I don't know what happens. Well, and you get talking to other people and they have a different memory and then you adopt their kind of outlook about it or attitude or, or memories and it gets mixed and muddled. So I really wanted to yeah. take the time, and this is sort of my scrapbook, mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. And if people find it interesting, great. I wouldn't great. be able to do that because I don't know how to play with these machines. So you you You're would in a different if, age. if you took the time and learned about it, you would be able to do it. But it's because you're how old are you? Seventy. 
I'll be 79 in July. And you email, you yes. text message. Yes. You have a Facebook account. Oh, sort of. <laughs> but what I'm saying is not not your typical uh, lady in her 70s. That is, you know what no, I mean? No, I know. I have lots of friends that wouldn't even be bothered with that. No. You're pretty pretty savvy I, lady. Pretty savvy. But I find that I, the computer, I find that, that I have less and less interest in it. Yeah. I guess if I need, I don't realize, but if we need to know something, I can go on there and find it. You but know? you can go on there and see pictures of your grandkids and stuff like yeah. that. And oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. But we have scholarships for, for students starting, not just starting, but uh, to take university or community college programs to help out. We have that kind of thing going why, on, too. Why did you join the Women's Institute? What, what? I, I was born into it because my mother was a life member of the Women's Institute. And so it's all I, I've known the Women's Institute all my life. Bertha Patterson. Yeah. I was only three weeks old when I went to my first meeting. Yeah. Three it's years old. She, wow. Three, three months. And she remembers it. Do you remember it? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you were in the Women's Institute, you traveled some. I traveled all over the world. Uh, it's very educational. And with all these uh, different nationalities coming to Canada... I've already encountered most of these types of folk, and I, 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 one of the nicest things that ever happened to me was when the Christmas cards were coming in, I had a, a Christmas card from a lady in Africa, and uh, I, I uh, sent a card, I sent, still send cards, but I only got that one card one year. And I kept that card. I have it in my archives. And it's one of the nicest things. that She gave me the greatest gift. I don't even know if she's still living. But uh, I really still cool. say, and none of the cards have been returned. So she must be getting them. That's really cool. Yes, it is. And you went to Russia, which always fascinates me. Because and I've heard a lot of things on the news about Russia. But... I've never been there, and what was it like? Well, it, it wasn't anything like I expected. When I went to Russia, I uh, thought, well, when we get to Russia, there'll be a lot of ladies with wool coats and bandanas and so on. <laughs> That's what I expected. Big Soviet anchors I, on their... No, hey, no, no. Marching just, in front of a tank. Just No, just, uh, you know, uh, Everybody old get... ladies with with uh, these big coats and bandit because that's all I'd seen. That's and, all i seen growing up in the movies. Yeah, but that's not like it is at all. They're mm -hmm. very, they were very modern, and there were, and it, it was a sharp contrast to what we're used to, because what they, what we saw there was, uh, for instance, we were on a bus tour, and the bus was starting out, and a police car came along and stopped the man. The driver got out and went to the talk to the policeman. And anyway, the policeman 
offered not to to uh, go through the law, you know, to this bus driver, and the bus driver paid the policeman so that he didn't have to go to court and spend money on, you know, that he didn't need to. And that policeman put that money in his pocket. So you're saying I should be a policeman in Russia if I want to make any success of myself? Well, I wouldn't think it'd be very successful. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was a terrible thing. It was crazy it, to see crime right in front of you like yes, that, right? Yes, and yeah. so I, I really uh, cannot, I can't believe that society anywhere in the world is like that. But it, they, the palaces and the, the buildings and, and the, the general country is something everybody should see over there. It is absolutely beautiful. The buildings, the, the architecture. Country, the country that was most in contrast with what, with what we're used to here is uh, right next door in the United States. We went to Hearts, Hot Springs, Arkansas, and it, it just it blew my mind what's down there. That's where some of the big gangs operated out of. Really? Yes. Arkansas? Yes. And when there was polio, they had these, uh, like, treatment centers where where they treated the patients to try and, and get rid of the polio. And then there was another, they have the, literally hot springs that come right out of the water, right out of the ground. And people go, go all the time with pails and get hot water. And, and to use for their everyday. It's just, it was fascinating. What are, what place in Arkansas was that? Hot Springs. And this was part of your Women's Institute yes. Travels? Yeah, and this was the world, a world conference. Yes, sir. And when we went down there, one thing that we did was we went... Joined a gang? No. Mm. We got on a, on a bus. Yeah. And we went down to the, there was a lake there, and the man got out. And he did something around the bus. And first thing, we didn't even know we were doing it. We thought we were on a tour just to go around the streets, right? Or in, in the country. No, no. We went up. They showed us the country, all right. But we went on the lake in this bus. He, he, it was fascinating. And what? They, you went in the lake with the bus? Yes. He drove the bus into the lake? Yes. For what reason? Because it was equipped to go on land or water. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I was picturing the dad. Remember the story with dad driving the tractor into the lake? Oh yeah, but that was an accident. But this right. was this, this bus. Yeah, that, that tractor wasn't equipped to go this in the water, was, was it? E this bus was equipped. Right. To go on the on the lake. I think they call those amphibious. Could be. Because land or water. But you will, you will not believe that around this lake... So neat. You know, there's there's houses around those that lake. And they have, you know, like you have a garage for you to put your car in here? Yeah. Well, down there, they have a place where you drive your boat right under the house. So cool. And then you could go upstairs, and, and they live right on the lake. Well, i got to go to Arkansas. It, I'll see you later. You ever, in the lake. <laughs> you ever, if you ever get the chance, it's the most interesting thing. And another thing is that one of their big things that they eat is catfish. And so 
I went. Seems gross, doesn't it? But I bet well, you it you, tastes good. It's a beautiful fish. And they look ugly, don't they? Have you ever seen one on TV? What is that called? Where the the salads that we we love with the, all the meats and. Uh, My dad's here too, but he's not saying much. Chef salad. Chef salad here. And you might have eggs and ham or something like that. Yeah. Well, down there, to, I forget now what it's called, but anyway, they use this fish, catfish, when make a salad out of it. And it is fantastic. I thought it sounded terrible, and I I thought, well, yeah. I'll, the rest I would, of the I wouldn't ladies, be too excited to eat A lot catfish. of those ladies were getting this, yeah. and I thought, I said, well, I'll order it. And I'll just give you the fish off it. No way. I ate it. Believe me, it was really good. And on, when we're on the lake, some of the really big gangsters lived in some of these houses where you take the boat in underneath. Yeah. And they, li they lived right there. Wow. Now, what kind of gangsters do you suppose they were? Were they in the mob or Al were they bike gangs? Al Capone. Or? His car was oh. in a hotel. Oh, so this is like uh, gangsters from uh, the, big the, the year the years gone by. Oh, yeah. They weren't currently residing. No. With Tommy guns on their deck. No, no. No. Okay, good. <laughs> no, these would be people that are dead now. You know. Yeah, I bet you those boys stole all kinds of catfish. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And uh, there was a, pre a U.S. president that lived came from down there. Donald Trump. No. No, I'm teasing. No. Clinton. Yeah. Bill, yeah, Clinton's Clinton. from Arkansas, isn't he? Yeah, Bill Clinton. And we went by his house where yes, he had sir. grown up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. No, it's a, a fantastic place. Another place that that's in, stands out in my memory is when we went to Finland. And uh, Finland, uh, it there was when we were there, there was daylight 24 hours a day. I didn't expect that from Finland. Yeah. But they must be up high enough they're that they're... High. And... Uh, that's in Europe somewhere? They're not, i got to get a globe out. Scandinavia. Yeah, Scandinavian country. Finland. And there were, at the time when I went, you know, there was they were checking you out at the airports to go, go on the plane because they'd had people that were, you know... Uh, Bad. Yeah, um, what do you call them? Uh, Terrorists? Yeah, they were, but they were, you know, blowing, trying to blow planes up. Oh, hijackers. Yeah. Yeah. And so... The those, most, those fun people. Those most interesting thing about that was apparently in the Scandinavian countries, they couldn't have had that big a deal. There couldn't have been any trouble. And so when I went to go on the plane... To catch to go up to Finland, they didn't check us. They just go ahead, go. You know, That's they, weird. there was nothing, nothing. Hmm. And that blew you must my have looked, mind. You must have looked really trustworthy. Well, they, nobody. They weren't checking anybody because nobody was giving them any trouble, I suppose. Hmm. So that was that was quite so, interesting. So Finland was like a wintry kind of a spot, or what season was it? You said uh, it was daylight the whole time. Yeah, no, it was uh, uh, it was summer. What yeah. was that? What was about Finland that was? What's Finland Finland famous for? Chocolate? Uh, no, that's that's Swiss. No, uh, Finland. Switzerland. Uh, it's it's a big farming area. Okay. And fishing. 
Well, that's not that much different than New Brunswick. Uh, only we we don't have heavy farming like they have there. It, no, it's really, and you don't you don't just go into the farms either. Uh, if you wanted to visit a farm, you'd have to make arrangements beforehand, and mm. and you would never. They wouldn't because you might take bugs or yeah, bacteria right. into the animals. So yeah. they don't allow just anybody to go in there. I know they'll check the soil in your boots and everything if yeah. you go to some places. Yeah, you can't even bring bees into Nova Scotia. No, but they, have you ever tried to bring bees into no, Nova Scotia? No, and I don't ever plan to either. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I found it very interesting uh, visiting uh, Finland and. One thing that they have a lot of is salmon there. Salmon is big on their diet. And anyway, of course, Dad, he, he has trouble digesting salmon for some reason. So I do it's too. not something we... Fucking stop. No, burp, and you just add... I taste like, it for a week. Yeah, but it also like kind of, I don't know, kind of gets your chest all... I don't know how to describe it. Sounds it's like, like indigestion, an and then you burp. Sounds like an allergy. Mm. Mm. Anyway. I love it though, but I can't. Yeah. Do you like it? Oh, I like it. Yeah. But so I can't, can't we went. Out, they took us on a bus tour when we were in Finland, and we went. Well, we went on more than one tour, but this particular one, they took us to. Uh, uh, it was a. Like a farm, but it was public buildings that they had for tourists. Yeah. And so the one of the the thing that they had for our dinner was salmon chowder. Well I would like that. Well you thought you would. But anyway, I I didn't wasn't used to hearing about salmon chowder. I thought you know, you just <laughs> curl your nose up type thing. Yeah. But what what happened was they have all kinds of stuff in that salmon chowder. They're just that there's salmon in it, more salmon than other stuff. But they had vegetables in it and everything. It was. Anyway, so all the ladies that were in my group, they had, took a bowl and they took a little tiny bit. And then they'd go and they, and they had like all kinds of rolls and sweets. I mean, it was a big meal they gave us. You could eat whatever you now, wanted. Now, was that the Women's Institute in Finland? Was hosting is, the Women's Institute from New Brunswick, or no, how did that? No, worldwide. Trip? It was a world thing. Yes. So you were there with people from all over all the world. All over the world. Uh huh. And there was even uh, royalty there as well. But who was hosting it? Like what organization the, was hosting the, it? Uh, country women uh, from Finland. It, it's it's a sister associated organization. Yes. Yes. Very cool. And and all the salmon chowder you could shake a stick at was there. Yes. Rolls, sweets. Everything. Yeah. 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 You, it was it, it was a m big meal. And anyway... What, Murdered a lot of salmon. Yeah. <laughs> salmon murderers in Finland. Where you go in in a little uh, individual booth and... Confession box. No. And, and, Phone booth. And you, they steam you. What do you call those oh. things? Steam baths. No, Sauna? Sauna. Saunas are the big thing in Finland. And you can go there to, a, you know, it, like if you went to a motel, there would be, they'd have saunas 
And in this particular place, they had indoor ones and outdoor ones. And saunas are a big deal in Finland. I've heard that about Europe. Yeah. But I don't. I didn't know Finland yeah. had it. There was an old fellow who used to live out back in Brown's Flat, and he was an old Finlander, and he had made a, a thing out there. And for these, you could do these steam baths. They, they called it a steam bath up there. Oh yeah. It was no such thing as a sauna in them days, I suppose. But it, it was a sauna, but they just called it a steam bath. Yeah, which is well. about the same and thing. And he, they used to heat rocks up up there. Mm. Yeah. And then they'd walk the cold water to them, and there's your sauna. Yeah. But do you have to be careful about what rocks you heat up? Oh yeah. Because you could they'd, blow them up, couldn't oh, you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'd fly all to hell. Yeah. But it was an interesting, very interesting, a lot of horses in Finland. Yeah. You know, fields of them. and and uh, Horses the same that, that we have? Oh, yeah. 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 They have different breeds, you know. But, mm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they that, had a... So a, all these trips were from the Women's Institute. That's why yes. you went. Yes. I was a representative for New Brunswick. So did you learn what was happening with families in those countries while oh, you visited? Sure. Yes. That was the main focus. Oh, yes. Of, you, they had some sort of presentation, people talking, and you're taking in this meeting. And oh, yes. Did you get to ask questions? And uh, Was oh, it yes. interactive that oh, way? Oh, yes, and okay. they had workshops. And uh, we, were, we were a member of the United Nations, you know, we were an agency that dealt with world affairs. It's still going on, you know. Yeah, because apparently the world isn't fixed yet. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there's a lot to do. Yeah, um, there is. And the... Um, I also went another country that they had something... It's very educational traveling. And... I've learned that in the small amount of travels I have, but I've never left, well, other than to Calais, Maine, I've never left the country. One, I mean, we went as far as uh, Eastport, Maine. One thing that I always thought that, that would be interesting when I was a child going to school is to visit Australia. Hmm. And anyway, when I was president, didn't I get sent to Australia, which was a fantastic thing. Hot? Uh, when I went, it was summer here. No, I'm lying. It was spring here, and it was fall in Australia, and it was just beautiful. I bet. Beautiful yeah. country. You hit it at the right time, and I lo guess. Lovely, lovely weather. I saw a video of a kangaroo kicking a, a, a screen door, but like a, a sliding glass door. You want to talk about scary. Oh, they're, they're powerful, those <laughs> legs. I'm getting a kangaroo. You're getting one? For the front yard? No, no, for in the house, yeah. Oh, yeah? <laughs> play with the dogs. Oh, I thought you were saving them for the Jehovah's Witnesses oh. when they come by. <laughs> but they, like, they got these calf muscles, like a horse. And it kicked that glass, and it's a wonder it didn't break. Oh. But, see, the fella was, like, teasing the kangaroo. That kangaroo put a stop to that pretty quick. Yeah. Boy, no. did you see kangaroos when you were there? Yes. 
Yes, I saw. Were they running? What were they doing? Uh, they were just out, out around. Uh, some of them were wild that we saw, and then we saw some in captivity. And they were all different kinds of birds, beautiful birds. Mm. And uh, they get the climate for it. Mm. Mm. And I, I brought a book home with all the, all the birds. We have robins, and they have red breast here. Well, they're yellow over there. <laughs> the robins are a different color, and uh, so on. But I, I found it quite interesting. When we have shopping malls here, well, they have shopping malls there too, but they block off a street with big gates, and then they have their shops all along this street. It's not like... They know, block the gate, they have the gates to keep the kangaroos and that out, or...? No, Why do they just, have the gates? Just, so that somebody won't run over the shoppers. Really? They put big uh, iron gates up and block a street off. This is Shane's mother, and you better listen to Birchwood Podcast and smash that subscribe button. Now, it's funny because I don't know if that's a real memory or not. I don't either. I don't know. I, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but yeah. I don't remember. But I remember his knees were some bony. Was he a skinny oh, yes, man? he was very... Well, he had he had been ill, so he, he really wasn't well, and yeah. he had lost a lot of weight. Yeah. So you're married to Dad from 59 until 82. Yes. Then he passed away. Right. That was, that was a hard time. Yes. I didn't know a lot about it other than mm-hmm. he had a, an aneurysm. Yes, that's what killed him. Hmm. It but, was a hard time for everyone. But what is the story? The official story is Dad got into an accident. He, he was, uh, they were working on the road. Uh, you or uh, this is my birth father. Your birth father yeah. and your grandfather had bought a truck so that they could do, you know, heavy work with this truck. And anyway, your father was working. Grampy was home on the farm, and you, your dad was working, and a drunk driver hit him, and. Your father ended up with a lot of injuries, and anyway, he went to the Fredericton. He was looked after in the Fredericton Hospital, and he was two years before he really could do any amount of work after that. And that's when you had to pick up the slack. Uh huh. I went to work. Yeah. Wasn't the story that a the roof of the truck hit his head or something? I don't know. Mm. Uh, the truck was in, well, you you could tell it was a truck, but you could hardly, there was hardly a, any of it that wasn't beat up and broken up. A miracle that he survived. It was a miracle. Was there army men that gave him a blood transfusion right on the site? Uh-huh, there was. Uh, they were doing maneuvers. The reserves were doing maneuvers. This is around the Gagetown, New Brunswick area? No, it was uh, Blissville. Blissville, New Brunswick, Canada. Uh-huh. And they were doing maneuvers, so yeah. they happened to be right there. And they had a doctor happened to come along. So this would be like a military medic. Yes, and they were, they were just fantastic with us. They were just. I I wish I had known who some of those people were, 
Mm, me too. I, I will never forget that. And they even called, uh, by this time, uh, when I found out all the things that were going on, uh, I called uh, Grampy and Grammy Patterson, and they came and picked me up. Well, see, they were on their way to pick me up when this lady from the military reserve came and offered to take me to Fredericton. Wow. And, uh, but Grampy and Grammy were on their way, so there was no, sen no sense me going with. Says military. a lot about our military, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. So then, you, Dad's in the hospital for a long time? Two years, well, in and out of the hospital. He had a body cast on. A body cast? Yes. Really? Yeah. I knew that his hip was crushed. Yes. So he had to wear a Shoulder. platform shoe. Yes. Right? Yes. And wasn't there a problem with one of his hands and nerves or something? Oh, yes. Some nerve damage? Whole, his whole side was... was uh, damaged yeah they so told him that he wouldn't walk again but he in insisted that he was going to walk and, and he did and he did yeah maybe he, he walked, did maybe he didn't run huh? no, he, no he walked pretty good though yeah after that yeah i really wish i had known him he was funny was he yeah he was really funny i heard that princey was funny he was dry. See, Princey he was my grandfather, humor. for the listeners. Princey was my grandfather, who was my birth father's father, right? Yes. So then, but you're saying my dad was also funny. Yes. But he wasn't, he, he had a different kind of humor, sense of humor. Your grandfather was very dry humor. And he would tell you something, and it wasn't true. And then he'd watch your expression, and then after a while he'd, he'd have a little, a little smile, you know. Yeah. And know that he was. He was playing a joke, but whether you got it or not was his fun to see yeah, if you got it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But what was what Dad's humor like? What? Dad's humor was more a big laugh and and uh, tell a joke, but sh it would be sharing a joke. Right. Yeah. And so when you come out of that. He lived for, well, what year was the accident? 1963. 63. And then he lived until 82. So that's yes. quite a while. 19 years? Yeah. So he was around for 19 more years. Was he a different man after the accident? He wasn't a different man, but he wasn't well. Just always chronic pain and stuff like that? Uh, he never complained after a few years. He never complained about pain. But he certainly endured a lot, I think. Yeah. And you could see him losing weight to the point that his, his ribs... You, I, when you see them every day, you don't realize. But after a little while, you and you look back, you think, well, I should have realized that this was happening during those years, but you don't. No. When you see them every day, it's a gradual thing. Right, I understand that. Yeah. 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 And then... He passed away in 1982. Yes. And my memory of that was seeing him on the kitchen floor beside the stove that we're right in the same room right now. Yes. But... There was a rocking chair there. The memories are different. You know, my memory is different than your memory is different than someone else's memory. That, that was the day he died when that happened. But did I find him or did I see him after you found you him? You were in the room with me. He was. He said he didn't feel good. 
And we came downstairs, and I was starting to get breakfast. And then he ran downstairs, and he said, I'm dying, I'm dying. And, and I called for help, and, and the ambulance came, and that was the end. He just lay. He just did. He did. He fall on the floor. Or did he lay yes. down? Yes. No, he fell. He fell hard. And see, I have a different memory. I have a memory of me reaching for a cereal bowl, and and me looking and seeing that he was asleep with his eyes open. Yeah. It was not scary for me, but I don't think I realized what was happening. Probably not. And the decision was made for me not to go to the funeral, right? Because it would have been too much for me. Yeah. Right. That's what they thought. Did other people help you make that decision? That must yes. have been a hard decision. That wasn't my decision. No. Yeah. And sort of everybody rallied around you at that time. And oh yes, I, my my family were wonderful to me. But you know, uh, if that were today. Uh, even the young children go to funerals now, but back then they didn't. I want to say thank you to my mom for raising me, and I want to say that I love her. And I always do every time I see her, I say, I love you, Mom. <sighs> it was a heavy one, I told you. So I hope that that Helps you understand who I am. It helps me understand who I am. It helps me to try to piece things together. It kind of helps me understand why my mom's not a super affectionate person. All the trauma she faced, all the hard years, all the things she did for me. Yeah. Love your mother. Tell her you love her. Don't wait. I love you, Mom. Times have changed and times are strange. Here I come, but I ain't the same. Mama, I'm coming home Time's gone by, it seems to be You could have been a better friend to me Mama, I'm coming home You took me in and you drove me out Yeah, you had me hypnotized Lost and found and turned
this is Shane's mother, and you better listen to Birchwood Podcast and smash that subscribe button. Perfect. Was that fun? Uh, I don't know. <laughs>